I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another OMG edition of Sports Beat After Hours. That's right, emergency pod time. I am Hemahimuli Jr. And joining me as always is my co-host, my confidant, my Canuck, Zach Hicken. Oh, Captain, my Captain, I'm happy to be back. <laughs> Came in on your off day all the way from Twilla yeah. with a kitty in tow. It's true. Um, major props, that's dedication. Dude, I was just so excited that I had to do something, yeah. and it's just big, big news today. Big, oh, big news. Huge news. You were the one who, uh, I was out on a walk with my son this morning when you sent it out. I was not on my radar that, that, that this trade was going to go down. Like today. Today, yeah. I mean, we like we we had Jazz Christmas on Sunday night because we had- you can't talk too much about it. Though. Sure, sure, yeah, sure. Because yeah. we had uh, Walt Perrin on our show- and if you didn't get to catch that, go ahead and check us out on the KSL TV app. Uh, you can look KSL back KSLSports.com. at KSLSports.com. KSLSports.com. Really good info, but now dated info because we're talking about who the Jazz might take at the 23rd pick. And I, and I was bringing this up just because I just remember, you know, we all try to get stuff out of Walt, and he is a steel trap, man. He is, yeah. But I just remember Jer, Jeremiah Jensen just repeatedly going, Mike Conley, Mike Conley. And it was just so funny. Yeah. But- this morning at about 10 our time, mountain time, uh, the news dropped. And what news dropped, Zach? The Jazz have their point guard of the future, Mike Conley. Boom. He comes over from the Memphis Grizzlies in a trade. Uh, the Jazz, you know, the, a lot of people are concerned with what the Jazz gave up. Yeah. I don't think the Jazz gave up a lot. Okay? No, in fact. Because Kyle Korver is a guy that before today, we didn't even know if he was going to play next season. Jay Crowder, you know, he was a nice addition for the Jazz. He was the enforcer. Um, he had a couple big games. He was huge in that game four against Houston in the playoffs mm-hmm. this year. Um, And you know what? The thing is, is he was so inconsistent that he was probably going to be moved in in another way. Yeah, this offseason just because they wanted to offload and kind of maybe find a way to move on, even though he did add a lot to the Jazz. But um, and then Grayson Allen, you know, he was a guy that spent like 70 percent of his season last year with the Stars. Yeah. Um, And then they gave up this year's 23rd pick, which they needed to because they don't have uh, have space space. on the roster. Yeah. And it's probably it was probably gonna be the same situation next year with the next pick if they didn't move it. So if uh a lot of people 
are like, okay, the Jazz gave up a lot, but if you really look at the individual pieces, it's not that much. Kyle Korver's probably going to get bought out yeah. by Memphis. So, you know what? Maybe the Jazz sign him for a cheaper deal and he comes back to Utah. Yeah. That's just wishful thinking on my part. Yeah. Um, but he did announce that he is coming back. He's going to play one or two more seasons. Um, and the value that he added to this team, we're just going to talk Korver really quick. Yeah. The value that added that Corver added to this team was he was a veteran presence that really helped players like Donovan Mitchell and uh, 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 Royce O'Neal um, just learn what it's like to be a pro. Uh, the leadership that he brought was so valuable, but you know what? From a, a playing perspective, it was obvious that he wasn't the same player that he had been in previous sure. years, even when he won the championship with Cleveland. Yeah. Um, that being said, you know what? He did add three-point shooting to the Jazz, and mm-hmm. um, because of what uh, the focus that he took away from other players, we saw Donovan or Royce's three-point shooting go up immensely once Absolutely. he, uh, si- once he sa- signed with the Jazz. But you know what? That's a bygone era. They figured out that this roster that they had couldn't beat the Rockets as constructed, and they're a huge mess in the locker room. Yeah, And with everything that's going on with... Golden State, um, uh, again, in Houston, the Jazz feel that this is their opportunity for the next two or three years mm-hmm. that, to make a run at a championship at a point guard. Yes. Mike Conley, who was probably the best realistically available guy on the market. I, I completely agree with you, Zach. I think, in fact, I was seeing on social media, people were hurt. Like, I mean, it's sad to lose Corver. Crowder became a crowd favorite, um, especially with his history or whatnot. But I actually think that the Jazz stole this, stole Mike Conley. Oh yeah, from especially Memphis. with what they could have had to give up. Yes, because at the trade deadline, it was Exum, Rubio, and uh, Favors. And this, and this is my point. This is people are looking at what we lost instead of looking at what we've kept. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we've got Exum. He's on a short leash, but we still have him for another year, which adds some depth to the uh, guard situation. Then we got favors, and then we got um, Ingles coming back. Yeah. And those three are very key to this jazz culture and organization. Not just their play, but, like, they are, you know, friends off the court. And yeah. so that just adds to the stability of this roster. And I think people are focusing too much on what they've lost and not focusing enough on what we've kept. Well, and the thing that is key with what the jazz were able to keep is that these guys are still trade chips that can be used in the future, especially yeah. X-Men Favors. If they relinquish Favors' contract um, ahead of uh, the renewal, which I think is June, July 5th or 6th, mm-hmm. um, then they're able to go. That clears up. They'll have $26 million in cap space. Right now they have $10 million. Yeah. Favors is due about 16 And you know what? They could get rid of another a couple other contracts, maybe Tony Bradley, George Niang, um, and see if they could maybe add – one more piece, like a Tobias yeah. Harris. We'll get to that in a minute <laughs> because I don't think the Jazz are done yet. I, I 100% so. do not believe wow. that they are done. Okay. I think that they know that they made the first big splash. So there's going to be a second splash. Interesting. But Exum wasn't moved because his value is at an all-time low. Yeah. Um. Sure. It's like the stock rules. You buy low, sell high, mm-hmm. right? So if you're on the other end and you're trying to sell these assets – you want to sell high and buy low. Exactly. So a lot of people, when I tweeted out that I thought it was important that the Jazz kept Exum Favors 
and uh, Ingalls, mm-hmm. everyone, I had two or three people tweet at me that said Exum should have been the first to go. And my response was, you don't let him go at this point because his value is an all-time low. This is a guy who was a former fifth overall pick. Yeah. Okay? He's valuable. He's shown that he can play in the league, especially as a defensive force. I mean, look at the I playoffs last year. I don't think he's a point year. guard. Yeah, he shut down James Harden last right. year in the playoffs. And that was with them actually playing him straight up, yeah. Harden. The Jazz had to change the way that they defended him because we had no have someone guys. that could defend Harden. Yeah, and everyone was hurt. Yeah, so Exum, once he's healthy, he's a great trade chip that the Jazz are potentially able to use next year at the trade deadline or in the future. Or you know what? He stays healthy and develops into the type of player that you thought he would be when you drafted him. Mm-hmm. The whole point when you draft players in the NBA – isn't so that you think that they you not every single player turns out to be what you expect them to be sure. when you draft. You develop them when they're cheap. Uh-huh. You trade them when they're still um, once you renew their contract or when they're yeah. still cheap to get a better asset. Absolutely. You look at what um, what the Lakers did with Anthony Davis. You know. Yeah. I saw a lot of people upset that they moved all these lottery pieces to get mm-hmm. Anthony Davis. That's exactly what you do. Exactly. If these guys aren't developing into being that key cornerstone of your franchise, you move them to get that cornerstone. Right. Okay. And Conley is a guy that can be a cornerstone for the Jazz for the next two or three years. Yes. And like you said, the Pelicans were smart because like um, everyone like loves the draft, right? The first, especially the first three, four, five picks of the draft, because you'll get exciting players. But the real reason why it's so valuable is because they're so cheap. Yeah. I mean, Zion is a max deal talent yeah. that you get on the cheap for a few years. And it's uh, it's something that you can't um, just give away five years later. Yeah. Um, like people want to do with Exum. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just don't think people quite grasp that concept. I mean, you look at what um, Toronto did. They yeah. they built a championship team by doing that, by mm-hmm. drafting guys in like Jonas Valanciunas. Okay, they moved him for uh, uh, to bring in Marcus All. Uh-huh. Um, they moved uh, 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 DeLon Wright. And DeRozan. And DeRozan to bring in, um, or sorry, it wasn't DeLon uh, Jakob Wright. Jakob uh, they moved Jakob Pertl and DeRozan to bring in Kawhi. Uh-huh. And then um, uh, DeLon Wright was part of that trade to bring in Marcus All. So, right. you know, they develop these guys into being assets that <laughs> young teams that are maybe in the rebuilding phase um, are able to use them, utilize them better than a team that's realistically competing for a championship. With the three guys that the Jazz moved, mm-hmm. those aren't guys that should be in the rotation if the Jazz are realistically competing for an NBA championship. Right. If you're content with being fifth, sixth in the West, cool. You keep well, the same least, guys. At least the way that the Jazz roster was currently constructed. Yes. With, uh, Jay had to be a starter in the playoffs. You don't want Jay to be in your starting five. <laughs> yeah, right. He, he's a sixth. Great off well, the bench. Well, he's a seventh or eighth guy off yes. the bench that can add a, a scoring spark to the second mm-hmm. game. Same with Corver. Uh-huh. He's a guy that's a specialist that's playing, you know, a dozen to 18 minutes a night, right. knocking down a couple of threes, but he's not a guy that should be as he was probably the seventh guy yeah. on the Jazz team, second guy off the bench. And I also don't think that Millers are afraid of paying the luxury tax for the next couple seasons. I think that, I don't, I'm sure that, so, okay, here's the thing. All right, the Millers are so smart. They're smart enough that I think they have figured this out beforehand. But 
like we've talked before, the fact that the Toronto Raptors gave away everything for a one-year rental of Kawhi Leonard shows that big risks do pay off. I think that they also show that the Golden State Warriors aren't who they were. In fact, that era is done. And so teams like the Jazz, like the Lakers, you know, they'll all be more disposed or positioned to make a little bit of a big risk. And I think you're absolutely right. I think the the Millers aren't afraid to pay that luxury tax. Give it two years. See if we can at least make it to back to the finals, mm-hmm. um, if not win a ship. And I got to tell you, I wouldn't mind paying the luxury tax for five years if it gets us a championship. I, th- I think the Millers may for five years. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for two or three years, if they realistically think that the Jazz can win a championship with this roster, then I think that they think that it's worth it. And yeah. I think that the return that they'll get for the excitement for the They'll be able to raise season ticket prices without oh, people geez. complaining. Plus, they got all those new like I mean, people uh, boxes. Yeah, oh, dude, it's um, they they understand that this is the most realistic window that the Jazz probably have for the next decade for sure. Um, to get this done, I mean, they have three guys already on the team that are uh, all NBA potential for sure. Um, they have the reigning two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Yep. They have Donovan, who is just entering his prime, and is going to make. I believe Donovan's going to make a huge leap this off season because he's actually healthy yeah. this off season instead of returning from injury. So he's, yeah, um, and then Mike Conley just came off of his most productive season um, in the NBA, and guess what? He's going to be asked to do less with the Jazz than he was with Memphis. So I think that he's going to be even more productive. We might see a little bit of a dip in scoring, um, but you know what? He's a guy that can still take over. And score 30-plus points in a game if the Jazz need him to. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Mike Conley's, like, uh, efficiency this past season. Um, this guy off Twitter, at Tavin Parker, he posted some really interesting statistics. Mike Conley's offensive percentile for as a pick-and-roll ball handler, 81%. Spot-up shooting, 85%. Off-screen shooting, 86%. And an ISO, 82%. Uh, I don't know if we've had all these characteristics in one player before, especially at, like, point guard. I, I would maybe say Gordon, just because of sure. what he was able to do. Sure. Um, so he was say his name, Jazz fans. But <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit. In all, in little, in all reality, Gordon was a very efficient player, and he could do yeah. multiple things. And, um, yeah, he was great. Uh, but, but, we, but we made him that way. Yeah. And Mike Conley's coming right into the, the program. Already doing this. Well, stuff. and he's a guy that you can plug into the system and he fits immediately. He can run the pick and roll with Rudy Gobert. And you saw the growth that Rudy had the last couple seasons with Ricky running the yeah. the pick and roll. Ricky. It's gonna be way better because Conley's a legit scoring threat. So it's I, I just this is the perfect move that the Jazz could make. I talked in a previous podcast about some of the smoke that was going around D'Angelo Russell that I thought that realistically that maybe he was a uh real um, target for the sure. Jazz. But I think Mike Conley, what he's proven, yeah, D'Angelo Russell's only 23. He's coming yeah. off of an all-star appearance. Yeah. But, you know, I just, I worry about some of the locker room issues that he had in previous stops, sure. especially with the Lakers. Um, I think he kind of maybe wants to stay East. Yeah. Maybe go to a team like Indiana or... I mean that's kind of his, something like his that. Just so he could keep, yeah, just so he could keep making uh, all star appearances. For sure, um, I, so he's going to get paid by someone. Heck, it's even possible that he goes back to the Lakers. That would not surprise me at all. Yeah, 
Um, I'm really glad you brought this up because uh, a lot of people are having a hard time accepting Mike Conley over D'Lo. And D'Lo, yeah, that's D'Angelo Russell was attractive for what he can do. Um, but also, you got to remember, he's like Donovan's age. Those We're going to have to pay both those guys. At the same time. At the same time yeah. in a couple years. And we got Rudy. Who, well, well, D'Lo would have to get paid now and then right. Donovan in two years. In two so, years. <clears throat> and Rudy qualifies for the Supermax because he is the defensive player of the year. Yeah. So it's going to be very expensive for the Jazz with that trio. And what they can do with this Grizzlies team or with uh, Conley coming over from the Grizzlies is that his uh, contract expires in two years when Donovan's set to get paid. If yeah. Conley's still playing at a high level, then they can maybe bring him back for a couple years with a cheaper contract. Or, you know what, the Jazz just go out and find someone else that they can add as the third piece yeah. um, to this team. But, um, yeah, I, I am very excited about the future. I think that Me too. there's a ton of uh, uh, positivity around this this trade. Um I, I think that it's the best move that the Jazz could have made ahead of the draft when they needed to move that 23rd pick. Um, and I, like I said earlier, I don't think they're done. They're going to make another splash Sweet. because they know they need to do it. Yeah. So I can't wait. I can't wait either. And you know what? It could be worse. It always could be worse. We could be Celtics fans. We could be Celtics <laughs> fans. Did you see that article that came out from, uh, I think it was Yahoo, about the disaster that was uh, Kyrie and Gordon? No. Oh, you got to you got to check it out. It was pretty good, but um, I think that's everything that we have for uh, for today. Do you want to throw in a little bit of dad advice? Yeah, let's throw in some dad advice. We actually have uh, Hema's son Hendrix in studio. Hendrix he came say in to hi. work with his dad today. How old are you, Hendrix? Three. You're three years old. Um, what do you like to do? Play with dinosaurs. Play with dinosaurs. What's your favorite type of dinosaur? Um. Alligator. <laughs> Your favorite dinosaur is an alligator? Um, have you ever been to Florida? No. Did you know they have alligators in Florida? It's gator country there. What's your favorite place to go to? Um, Shula. Shula. Do you like to go to Hawaii? No, the place where there's crocodiles. Oh, you want to go where there's crocodiles. Okay. Um, well, Hendrix. Um, have you ever, let me ask you what really quick okay. what are you thinking. Have you ever seen... Uh, uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah, you've seen Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Do you see what happens when you try and play with alligators? Yeah. Sometimes they bite off your hand like Chubbs. R.I.P. Chubbs. Um, well, Hendrix, did you have a good day today? Yeah. Yeah. Um, should we go get some food? Yeah. What do you want to eat? Um, crocodiles. Okay. And that is our dad advice for today. (laughs) Kids are cute, and uh, sometimes they just want to hop on the podcast. (laughs) You want to eat a happy meal? Okay. Cool. Well, um, thanks for uh, listening to Sports Feed After Hours Emergency Pod. This is the second one we've done. A lot of news. Second one in a week. Yeah, second one in a week. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. We actually have some special special guests, guests. some uh, local high school phenoms that are now getting it done at the college level. We're excited for that. Um, and then uh, I think we're going to be maybe talking with uh, one Austin Facer, son of Dirk. Ooh. Maybe about uh, what, he, uh, what he likes to do when he's not at work, which is uh, watching movies. So, all right. Uh, I think that's all we have Hendrick, for today. say bye. Hendrick, say bye. bye. All right. Thanks for listening. I'm Hemahimuli Jr. I'm Zach Hicken. Good night, everybody.